from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday at typically 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, starting a little bit back here today around 9.30. We appreciate your patience with the show, and we thank you for being a part of the broadcast every single Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time right here on MixLR.com backslash DT. Let's jump right into it. we got a lot coming up in today's morning menu, so let's get it cra- get it cracking. I wanted to say get it popping and get it cracking at the same time. I don't know what that would have turned into, but here we go. Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We like to start off the show by giving you our menu of topics. The morning menu, that is, live now with the morning menu is Dan Tortora. Right here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora here on Tuesday, May 15th, 2018, folks. We are going to get the show started with a little bit of conversation on what's happening in the NBA as far as the Western Conference. We talked to you about the Eastern Conference. Now it's time to have a little conversation about the Western Conference and how things went down. We'll hop into that in just a moment. Then we're going to go one-on-one with Brendan Paul. Brendan Paul, who is a preferred walk-on who will be coming to the Syracuse Orange this season, the 2018-19 season, he was teammates with Buddy Beheim, who is also coming to Syracuse for the 2018-19 season. Buddy, of course, the son of Jim Beheim, and Buddy on scholarship with the team will be coming in with the Syracuse Orange for their future here in the 2018-19 season. Brendan Paul will be joining him. Brendan Paul, a preferred walk-on, which means he has an opportunity to get a scholarship while he is at Syracuse. And he is going to tell his story in just a little while here on the show. And, And it is a fantastic story especially why he plays and who he plays for and his mission and and everything. So you don't want to miss this conversation that we're going to have with Brendan Paul, and it's going to be right here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora in about 10 minutes. So make sure that you don't miss out on the opportunity to hear that because it truly is an amazing story, and I feel so privileged and so blessed that I get to tell this story. So make sure that you're tuning into that here in just a few moments. And then after that, we're going to have Ingredients to Success a little bit earlier. Ingredients to Success, proudly brought to you by Utica Pizza Company, is going to feature the conversation on the changes to the Carrier Dome and what we're looking at here as far as what these changes are supposed to be, how much it's supposed to cost, and what I think about it, and and how you reacted to the changes. One of the, there's two changes that y- that you you wouldn't you're not going to necessarily see with plain sight that I think are two of the biggest changes that they need. 
So we'll discuss that all in just a little bit here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. And like I said, Ingredients to Success going to be a little bit earlier so we can spend a little bit more time discussing what's going on with these new additions and these changes and this upgrade, this renovation of the Carrier Dome that opened its doors in December of 1980 for their first game. So with all that being said, thank you for being a part of the show. Let's hop into it really quick here. First and foremost, the Golden State Warriors had their first game against the Houston Rockets. We discussed the Celtics and the Cavaliers on yesterday's broadcast on Monday, May 14th, and it's now time today to discuss what the other side looks like. And the Golden State Warriors... Well, they just keep taking care of business, folks. They just keep making it look easy and keep doing what they need to do. They faced a Spurs team, and normally the Spurs are not a walkover, and they beat them in five games, and they went ahead and faced the Pelicans and beat them in five. And here's the thing about the New Orleans Pelicans. They're a good team. The New Orleans Pelicans scored 100 points in every single one of the games that they played, the Warriors, except for one of them where they scored 92. But to look at these games, the Pelicans scored 101 in the first game, 116, 100, then 92, then 104. And I bring it up because the New Orleans Pelicans are not a bad offensive team. The the New Orleans Pelicans are not a team that is not capable. They just happen to be in a position where they were playing against a team that was so darn good that it was very, 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 very difficult to get anything done. And I bring it up because Golden State can outscore you, outplay you, just outdo you. You know, we talk about LeBron this and LeBron that, but he runs into a buzzsaw when he sees the Golden State Warriors. This team is a problem. They're a threat because as good as offenses are across the country, they're not better than Golden State's offense. And that's why I bring up the Pelicans scoring 100 points because the Pelicans consistently brought it to the table. They consistently said, we're going to bring it, we're going to make it happen, we're going to give it to you, and Golden State responded by saying, we're going to do a little bit more every single time. We're going to do a little bit more every single game. And that's exactly what they did. And against the Houston Rockets, it's the same type of style. Houston, you score 106, we're going to score 119. They do a little bit more. Klay Thompson, 28 in Game 1 against the Rockets. Last night, Steph Curry only had 18. Durant, 37. Andre Iguodala, who must be drinking from the same well that the New England Patriots drink from because the man never gets old and only gets better. 11 points in 28 minutes, 4 rebounds, 1 assist, 2 steals. Draymond Green, he's out there grabbing boards, dishing out assists. Didn't have a lot of points. Five points in 37 minutes. Only took a few shots, five shots, made one of them. Nine rebounds all on the defensive side. Nine assists, two steals, two blocks. Hello. Draymond Green going to work. The bench didn't have to do anything. Looney had two points. West had two points. Livingston had seven points. Young had nine. McGee, Bell, Zaza. Cook, none of them played. Didn't have to. The Rockets, Capella had 12. Paul had 23. Friggin' James Harden had 41 points in 35 minutes. But their bench, their bench 
who needed to give him some, didn't give him anything. Mbamute, nothing. Anderson, nothing. Hilario, nothing. Gordon had 15. Black had 6. That's it. P.J. Tucker, who the Raptors took for a hot second, thinking maybe he could play some defense on LeBron James or something, he had one point in 35 minutes. So maybe it's all about the defense. But James Harden, I mean, this man took 24 shots in the game. 41 points. 41 points in the game, and it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. Because this is how the Golden State Warriors play basketball. You do a little, and that's fine. They're going to do a little bit more. They're going to bring a little bit more. It's always just a little bit more. Every time, it's a little bit more. Just a little bit more. No matter who they play, it's a little bit more. They only had nine turnovers in the game. Hello? They had nine steals, so they took them all back. The Rockets had 13 turnovers. Can't turn the ball over against this team. Can't give them opportunities to score. But that's the thing. The Golden State Warriors are like NBA Jam, right? They're like NBA Jam. Right when you think that you're going to win the game, they're heating up. They're on fire. And here we go. And that's it. Boston has a bunch of young players who are corralling together to make a run that the outside world thought they couldn't do without Kyrie Irving or Gordon Hayward or even Isaiah Thomas. The Cavaliers are LeBron James and Kevin Love and everybody else is a role player. I said what I said yesterday and I meant it. The Cleveland Cavaliers are like if Denzel Washington was in a movie with a bunch of unknown actors. Whereas the Boston Celtics are Ocean's Eleven. You know Bernie Mac. You know Matt Damon. You know George Clooney. You know a bunch of these actors. You know Don Cheadle. Golden State. (laughs) Golden State. Is like, you're going to see Avengers Infinity War. And they're Thanos with the gauntlet. That's how they play basketball. Houston's like, okay, we got the Power Stone and the Space Stone. Steph Curry's like, my boys have the Power Stone, the Space Stone, the Reality Stone, the Time Stone, the Mind Stone, the Soul Stone. What you going to do? It's Endgame 101. The Golden State Warriors are a team that is so stacked. It's like watching the Yankees back in the day when they spent that money and they brought those players in. And you're like, damn, how can anybody beat this team on paper? Everybody wants to talk about LeBron James. LeBron, 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 LeBron. LeBron doesn't have anybody. Yeah, but Dan, that's why it's so awesome, because he doesn't have anybody, and he keeps winning. Right. But it's also, it's you watch the game, and you're like, if LeBron trips once, it could be game over city, because there's nobody there. That's sad. That's boring. You don't have anybody to help you. 
Dan, come on. Kevin Love is finally the guy that we wanted him to be. Really? Really, though? He's the guy that you want him to be right now. He's the guy that you were hoping he would be. Well, when I watch these playoff games, it is just, and you know, James Harden, you're like, James Harden, Chris Paul, man. They're going to bring it to the table. They're going to make it happen. They're going to do this and that. I watched the beginning of the series when the Pelicans were playing the Golden State Warriors, and I thought to myself, damn. It doesn't matter what this team does, they can't get it done. It doesn't matter how good they are, they can't stop them. Because Golden State will take what you give them and give you a little bit more. Just a little bit more. How about we talk about how LeBron James needed overtime? How about we talk about LeBron? I mean, we talk about, oh, LeBron slept swept Toronto. That's an embarrassment. This, that, and the other. How about the fact that LeBron James needed overtime? That LeBron James needed a last-second shot to beat Toronto in one of the games. Overtime in the first game. Well, Dan, he swept him. I don't care. Look at how he swept him. He needed, he needed to have overtime. He needed to have that final moment in a game. On multiple occasions, he needed to have that moment. Yeah, the last game they blew him the heck out. And Toronto did not play well. And I'm not sitting here defending Toronto. I'm sitting here telling you, when Golden State beats you, they beat you. Okay? When they take you down, they take you down. They let you know you're down. They say, hey, how's it feel down there? When LeBron James beats you, it's like, okay, I'm going to see what I could do in the last three seconds of this game. And right, I understand. Dan, that's a championship. There, That's a champion right there. Somebody that can make that happen the way that he made that happen, the things that he does on the court. Absolutely. He's a good player. He's a great player. But, but, when Golden State beats you, they beat you. When Golden State knocks you out, they knock you out. Cleveland may be getting it done, but they're getting it done in a lot closer quarters than what it takes Golden State to do. What I'm trying to tell you is, no matter what Cleveland does, if they make it past the Boston Celtics, which I'm not too sure that's going to happen, no matter what Cleveland does, Cleveland has to deal with the buzzsaw that is Golden State. Golden State dictated the series last year. You think they lost? They didn't lose a game going into the NBA Finals. You think they lost that game in Cleveland? So they so because Cleveland was better? Really? I think they lost to Cleveland in that game because they wanted to win the series at home. I think they were playing it. I think that they were toying with Cleveland. You know what, Cleveland? We're gonna throw you a bone here. We're not gonna. We're not. We're in the NBA Finals. We're not gonna beat you senseless. We're gonna let you win Game Four because we want to go home and we want to do this championship in front of our fans. Thanks. Have a great day, bro. They dictated the pace. As good as LeBron James is, the Golden State Warriors are nasty. They are nasty. They are ruthless and they are nasty. I think Houston is having a great season, right? They're having a great season. But you're playing Golden State. Well, well, Dan, they're the number one seed. Yeah, and so is Toronto. What the hell did that do for them? Nothing. Toronto didn't show up. You got to show up. You got to be there. You got to look alive when you're playing in games like this. You can't be asleep in games like this. And I'm not saying that Houston's asleep by any stretch of the imagination. I'm saying if Houston's asleep, awake, 
if they had five hour energy and they just took it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because Golden State is nasty. They are nasty. Hey, you know what, Steph? I'm going to take this game, says Kevin. Kevin said, all right, all right, man, I'm going to get game two. Are you kidding me? This team is crazy good. Crazy good. Because the New Orleans Pelicans team, that should have been one of those heartwarming stories. Oh, my God. Who would have thought they would make the playoffs, let alone get this far? You know who ended that story? Who ends most stories? Golden State. They said, yeah, man, it's so good that you guys made it. We're so proud of you. We're going to go to the NBA Finals, though. I hope you have a good day. I hope you have fun, man. Oh, God, you were so good this year. But we're going to go to the Finals. You need to step aside. And when you look at how they played, they didn't play bad. They didn't play bad. They tried to hang with him. They tried to hang with Steph. It's not easy to hang with Steph. Steph is real. Steph is dangerous. I don't fear LeBron James. Because you know who beat the hell out of Toronto? Toronto. You know who smacked Toronto around? Toronto. Not LeBron James. Okay, he had a game-winning shot, and he did this, that, and the other thing. Look at the defense of Toronto when that happened. Okay? If I was LeBron James or if I was Dan Tortora, either or, playing up against Toronto with the way that they were playing Swiss cheese defense against them, my butt would have had a game-winning shot too. My butt would have done some great great things. We would have been talking about me this morning. Holy mother. How did Dan beat the number one team in the Eastern Conference by himself? Because they didn't play defense. They didn't stop anybody. They just let them go. Game one it was disgusting. Toronto playing up against LeBron. We want to talk about LeBron James. Oh, LeBron this and LeBron that. Really, though? Did you watch the series? Toronto was like, mm, I don't think I want to be. They didn't play good. They messed up. It's not that LeBron isn't a good player, but I'm saying, he plays Golden State, it gets real. He plays Toronto, it's like being in a little playpen out, play outside, and LeBron says, give me the sandbox, and Toronto goes, okay. Where you say, give me the sandbox to Golden State, Golden State is like, you better get up out the sandbox. Now, Johnny, what did Johnny say? Warriors and six. I'm not a fan of Draymond Green, but I guess he's one of those players. If he's on your team, you love him. If he's not, you hate him. Houston is like the Hulk and the Warriors are Thanos. All right, I can, I can roll with that. I don't know if I would say Houston's the Hulk, but they could definitely be an Avenger. But they're facing that gauntlet. It's, it's nasty. We'll take a step aside here for a fast break, and we'll come back with Brendan Paul and his amazing story coming back. I love that. Hulk hungry. Where are my Snickers? We'll take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. This is a wake-up call. Fast break. Carvel Duet, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvelanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel Duet. It's what happy tastes like. 
Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DreisigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DreisigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, command yourself to feel comfortable in Dreisig Lady Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DreisigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513, or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name. So give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell them your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily, and we bring in local produce. We prepare to order in the kitchen. We hand bread our chicken. We hand spin our milkshakes. It's it's great food. It doesn't taste like fast food. I, I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a Chick Fil A restaurant. It's different. We we try to treat people with intentional kindness here, which is very different and deeper than good customer service. And so, you know, I think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick Fil A restaurant. And then lastly. The impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with.
Back here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, and we're here on the broadcast right now with Brendan Paul. Brendan Paul is a preferred walk-on to Syracuse's men's basketball team coming up here in the 2018-19 season. We're happy to have him here on the broadcast to be a part of the show for the first time ever. With that being said, Brendan, how are you doing today? Good. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing very well. And Brendan, first and foremost, you know, bring me into this because, you know, we hear about the recruits and, and those that get the, you know, national letter of intent and whatnot. But as a preferred walk-on, just bring me through how you connected with Syracuse, how it all came about. Um, so it was, we were playing open gyms in the fall when we first got to Brewster and I had known Buddy a little bit before being on the EYBL circuit. And, um, I, I had been like getting, you know, like low D1 mid-major offers and it's always been my dream to play at, you know, like a top ACC school such as Syracuse or somewhere of those uh, measures. And I mentioned to Buddy because he told me that his dad was coming in for uh, a Wednesday afternoon open gym. And I mentioned to Buddy that like, Hey, if it's a possibility that I could even walk on to Syracuse, I'd be completely interested. And um, he told his dad that the next day, and I played really well at Open Gym. And then his dad called me later that night when I was in study hall and uh, offered me the preferred walk-on spot. So you get this opportunity, like you said, knowing Buddy Bayheim and and obviously his father, Jim Bayheim, who's coached over four decades just with one school with the Syracuse Orange. So when you say to Buddy, hey, you know, I, I, I love – for your, you know, to have an opportunity for for your dad to, you know, take a look at me here, let me know what he thinks. Did you did you have a feeling? And I know you said you played really well, but did you have that inkling that you were going to get a phone call from him? I did. Um, Buddy kind of mentioned to me after the open gym that um, I would be like a perfect, um, I'd be a perfect player for that position at Syracuse, and to even possibly work myself up into a scholarship position due to um, like my history with getting recruited by other schools. And so, you know, I've always had that fight in me, and I've always wanted to uh, go as big as I possibly can. And so when um, I told him that, like, I was interested, and when I saw Coach uh, Coach Autry and Coach Bayheim both walking to the gym that day, I was like, all right, it's time for me to do my thing. And I guess it all just kind of worked out from there. And when you when you look at that, uh, having Coach Autry and, and Coach Bayheim when they came, bring me into your emotions and your thoughts when they walked into the gym. Like you said, I knew I knew I had to do it. This was my moment. Bring me into what was going through your mind and and what was obviously you know some of those feelings that you had knowing that this was potentially your one shot to impress them. Yeah, I mean, my dad had always uh, told me you know playing in you know top AU circuits and going to some of the top showcases in the country that. You know, don't ever do anything that's, like, outside of your comfort zone because you've worked so hard and you've done um, all these workouts and all all this travel. There's no point in forcing yourself to, like, overdo something and stretch yourself out while you're doing it. So I kind of just stayed in my comfort zone. I did what I knew best on the court. And um, from there, it was like, wow, I guess it all worked out. But when um, Coach Bayon first walked in the gym, I had, I'd seen him in, like, the distance before at certain places, certain tournaments, certain games. And, um, but I'd never really spoken to him and I knew, you know, personally, I think he's the greatest college coach of all time. Might be a little biased, but, um, I would have to say that. And, you know, just being in front of him and having the pleasure to talk to him afterward, both like after open gym and then later on, later the night on that phone, it was, uh, really kind of just a dream come true. And then Coach Autry, he, uh, 
he was just a really nice, like, caring guy. The second open gym was over, he came up to me because his sons are walking on the team who I'm really close with, too, Adrian uh, Jr. And he was like, yeah, we'd love to have a, have you as a walk-on. You'd be a perfect fit here. We look really, like, we look forward to keeping in touch with you. And then later that night, obviously, I got that call from Coach D. So. And bring me into, I was speaking here with Brendan Paul, preferred walk-on, who will be at Syracuse for this upcoming 2018-19 season. Brendan, when you said you played really well, what was it about open gym that day that you felt like was impressive to to Coach Autry and, and to Coach Bayheim? Just bring me into what you did that day that you really thought stood out. Uh, so the three things that um, I've been told and the things that I really like to focus on are, one, I like to score the ball slash shoot the ball a lot. Um, I'm a big fan of the three, just like Buddy. So that's kind of how we first started to get along. And then um, the second thing is just my awareness and, like, up-tempo on the court. You know, it's always good to play with energy and get uh, guys on your squad going. So I just kept my energy up. And then the third one is just get everybody else involved. Um, I love sharing the ball as much as I love scoring it. So as long as I can get others involved, honestly, I like feeding off of other success compared to just my own. And, and when you look at, you know, like you said, feeding off of other success, I want to go back to your time at Hawkins School in Ohio just what you took away from, you know, being that type of player, looking for your success and looking for the success of others. What did you take away from being at Hawken before you went to Brewster? So being at Hawken, um, I was always known as like, I was the tallest kid on my team my junior and senior season, um, being six, six two, six three, whatever they want to list me at. And, um, you know, there's a lot of like work that I had to put in outside of the court because I had a lot of other kids on the team that, kind of just played in season they never played outside of it and so um, when I was doing that you know I had to pick my team up in practice and being like the captain and being the head of the squad um honestly freshman through senior year and my coach always gave me the role of like you need to shoot whenever you are open or even if you're not open you need to shoot pretty much um I had a point guard too there that was pretty solid but uh, we were like the two on the team there at Hawking that uh kind of led led the squad I guess you could say and, um, yeah, no, I shot, I had the, had the school record for most made threes in a season and then most made threes in a career. And, uh, got some all Ohio mentions and stuff like that as well. So when you look back on that time, just, you know, what, what you took away from that and, and what it all meant to you when you look back on it, maybe some of the, the coaches or, you know, some of your teammates who stood out that really you feel helped you the most, helped your game the most, helped you to, to grow the most on the court. Who would you give credit to when we look back at, at some of that time at Hawking? I would have to give um, probably 100% of it to Alex Duty. He was a senior when I was a sophomore, and he uh, died May 14, 2015 in a car accident. He was going to Cornell to play basketball. Um, he kind of took me under his wing throughout my freshman and sophomore season, knowing that you know I was going to be the one that was – replacing his role as wanting to play basketball in college and wanting to play at the next level. Um, and he just, he taught me how to work out. He taught me how to eat right. He taught me how to get 500 shots up a day and to make 500 shots a day. Um, so I'd have to give literally 100% of my credit to him, along with the coaching staff. But um, every time I step on that court, I play for Alex, and that's just kind of what he taught me to do. So I would have to give it to him. And obviously that's, that's a huge story, and it's a unique story. But 
going through that, like you said, I mean, playing for Alex every time you step on the court, you do it for him. I mean, this life is precious, and I guess you realized at a young age how quickly things can change and how quickly something can be taken from you. They they always tell us to enjoy every day, appreciate every day, spend every day like it's your last, but you were in a situation where you genuinely had to do that. And I mean, to go a little bit deeper into it, I you know, playing every game for Alex and, and this is all for him. You know, what did that teach you about life? Because we all go through different things in our lives and they always say that you know, treat everybody with respect because you have no idea what other people are going through and what's going on in other people's lives. But when this hit your life, just what it's done to you and, and how it's made you grow as a human being. Yeah. Um, I'd always told Alex, uh, right, like right before basketball season ended his senior year, uh, he was known for shooting threes as well. I always told him that I was going to catch his record and I was going to beat it. So every every day after May 14th, I made sure that I was getting up 500 a day from three and that I was making sure when he was looking down that I was beating his record and he was smiling up there. And um, it just, every, like, I'm, I mean, I'm in the middle of New Hampshire, kind of in the middle of nowhere in Wolfboro, and knowing that Alex can't do what he loves to do every day and being in the middle of here and when things get boring or when things kind of get slow and it's strictly basketball in school every day, I just think, like, I mean, he can't even be doing this right now, so I might as well do it for him, even on the days where I'm like, oh, i got to push through, you know, going to school and then having a lift and then having open gyms later that night. Speaking here with Brendan Paul, who will be coming to Syracuse as a preferred walk-on in the 2018-19 season, that brotherhood, that family, you know, we hear about it. You know, you, you hear about it from, from teams that really are genuinely close. You know, everybody talks about family, and then there's those teams that – really are a family with you and Alex, how much of a family did you become? Was it something that happened right away? Is, is this somebody that's, that's always meant something to you? Did he grow on you over time? Just what that relationship was like. And just to speak on how sports creates a brotherhood or a sisterhood that, you know, it lives forever. Yeah. Um, my freshman year, I don't like I, seen Alex around and stuff like that, but I'd never really spoken with him. I was, honestly, I was kind of scared of him because he was kind of the big shot around school when it came to hoops and when it came to school. He was just a really smart kid and overall, like, kind of perfect in my eyes. Um, and I was kind of crazy my freshman year. I, I dealt, dealt with ADHD until he got that handled my sophomore year, so um, he probably saw me as a little, like, out of control, um, stuff like that. But when we got on the court, it was always like, we're on the same team, we're making this happen, like, let's play together. And I would say, um, going into my sophomore sophomore year, my sophomore summer, he um, he had a trainer named Coach Fayosa, and he uh, took me to Coach O and was like, you need to work out with Brendan as well. And so we would work out together, we would, you know, do that kind of stuff. And I think that's what really brought us together as um, friends. And even though we wouldn't hang out really, like, outside of the court and outside of school, we would all we always kind of had that connection virtually. Like we would text each other, with uh, text each other after games, commenting on what we can do better, what we did really well. And he was overall like just a great kid, and um, and he was really shocked like the whole community, and it was uh, really out of nowhere. But knowing that, I mean, I can see him. I hope he's really happy right now for what all that I've been doing, and I think about him every day, especially with uh, the date coming up on Monday. 
it's going to be tough being here and not being able to be at home where we can like honor him normally at Hawking like we always do. And and when you kind of go on to the court each game, I know you said everything you've done from here on out, you know, on the court and whatnot is for him. Do you have a ritual? Do you have, you know, do you say a prayer? Do you kind of, you know, try to try to speak speak to him, send something up to him? Is there a certain sign that you make? I mean, is there is there any kind of pregame ritual for you to let him know, hey, man, this one's for you? Yeah, so um, one of Alex's like, best friends talked about and he had socks made uh, after it all happened. And I wear, they're like super thin socks. So I wear those under a pair of like our normal game socks. And then on every right shoe on the back right heel, I write all for Alex. and um, Or A for A, depending on where you know what it looks like on the shoe. But he always had a really nice right foot jab that he would, either turn into a hesitation spin move for a floater or he would jab you right and get you off balance to get off a three. And um, I kind of stole those moves from him. So I always let it on the right foot on the back of his heel because that's how he'd plant on it. So I keep that there for every game and every practice. That's, I mean, that's something that's pretty cool. I mean, it is when did you start doing that? Um, I started that my senior year. Yeah, I used to tape when, when I had a bad ankle. I used to tape it there. I know it also I was around like the circumference of my ankle, but now that I kind of, my ankles are cool now, I kind of put on my shoe just so it's always there. And, and as you move forward here, I mean, is this a ritual at Syracuse and beyond that you're going to keep with you? I mean, is, is, is A for A, is this something that you're going to keep doing? Oh yeah, this is, this is a forever thing for sure. That coming from Brendan Paul, preferred walk-on coming to Syracuse 2018-19 season. I want to go to your time at Brewster. I know you got to spend some time, as you were talking about, with Buddy Bayheim while you were there. What did you take away from Brewster Academy? And, you know, obviously that's that's that next step that you took before you came to Syracuse. So what can you say about taking that step and hindsight being 2020, just what you took away from it? Um, the first thing I would say is everyone here, especially in just the NEPSAC AAA, is bigger, stronger, and faster than anything I've really ever played against besides in, you know, like the EYBL and the, and the circuits that I played in. I mean, if you look at the kids that we have on this roster, we could make a Division One top 25 team simply out of the kids that we have. So I kind of just, being here has made me so much stronger has uh, enabled me to use my body a lot better on defense and offense and um, really it just like made me mentally tougher mentally stronger I mean these kids there's a lot of kids here that have been through it all and they've taught me a lot of lessons and I've taught them a lot of lessons and it's just been a great overall experience especially for just this year like a postgrad year was perfect for me and I'm really happy that I did it what's the best lesson that you feel like you ever taught somebody else um, best lesson I've ever taught somebody else would probably have to be just a positive mindset no matter what the situation is. Um, we'd get into games and we'd have a couple kids on our team lose their heads. And I mean, part, being part of the basketball is there's always a next play, there's always a next possession. And so having kids that are just going to, you know, like put their heads down after they miss a shot or uh, not get back on defense if they turn the ball over, you just got to pick them up and push them, and I think that is going to be another thing that would help me on this series, especially coming off the bench or just being on the bench in general for the first couple of years. 
And and when you look at the the term preferred walk on, what does that say to you when you see that, you know, and 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 having to wait your turn and and just like you said, you know, whether I'm coming off the bench in in the beginning or I'm coming off the bench, you know, after a couple of years of being on the bench, when you hear preferred walk on, how do you define it? I I would define preferred walk on as someone that has the chance or they know that has the ability to receive a scholarship. It just kind of depends on development. And um, I was 5'3 as a freshman, and now I'm 6'3". So I'm still, I still got ground to do, and I still have a lot of weight to put on, and I still have a lot of games to mature. So um, as a PWO, I would definitely list myself as uh, the potential to for sure play minutes and have minutes. It just kind of depends where, how, um, and like what situation I'm going to be in. I want to go back to that conversation from Coach Beheim When he called you after seeing you in open gym, what do you remember the most about what he said? Um, the first thing that he mentioned to me and also mentioned to my coach, Coach Jason Smith, was just my positive and upbeat attitude throughout the entire open gym. Um, I mean, when Coach is looking at preferred walk-ons, he doesn't always bring in a preferred walk-on. He'll normally just take like a walk-on that comes to the Syracuse tryouts. He's looking for a, a guy with um, upbeat energy, has a good attitude, is always motiva- motivating other uh, players on the team, and then obviously a guy that can play. So he told me that he loves the way I shoot the ball, um, loves the way that, for my awareness for the game, uh, loves the way that, you know, I kind of, and then obviously the energy kind of keep on the court. And, and when you hear what you can, you know, who you consider to be the greatest coach of all time when it comes to college basketball when he tells you that he likes your energy and your positivity what did that do for you I mean you got a lot of years in the gym you got a lot of years probably in the driveway shooting hoops and and getting ready for this moment when Jim Beheim says that you know he likes your positivity and he likes your energy what did that do for you Uh, my dad had always told me that you know if you keep a positive keep positive energy and keep a positive mindset and uh, anything can happen because coaches know this when, you know, a kid stops playing because of whatever is going on in the court, bad refs, anything like that. And my dad's always told me, just don't let anything crazy. So when Coach B told me that, kind of just threw a smile on my face because I know that, you know, I've had those times where I would freak out, kick a ball across the gym and during an open gym or something like that. Um, and, you know, my dad taught me just to keep my head up in those types of situations, you know, get it, like let it be in your head for a second and then let it out. So, when Coach B told me that, I was just like, oh, that's perfect. That's kind of just exactly what I wanted to hear at first. That coming from Brendan Paul, 2018-19 preferred walk-on for Syracuse University. Brendan, before I let you go, to look at this opportunity coming up for you with the Syracuse Orange and, and being with Buddy again, just what you could say about what you like about Buddy's game and, and what it means to you to have him back in the gym with you very, very soon. Um, the first thing that I would ever say about Buddy is he's a grinder. Um, this kid's in the gym at least twice a day, and, and I'm making sure that he's in the gym twice a day. He's making sure that I'm in the gym twice a day. And um, having the pleasure just to be able to be with a kid that can shoot the crap out of the ball every single day, no matter what conditions he's in, um, is actually it's probably one of the craziest things I've ever seen. And he's also just one of the happiest dudes. He's super quiet at first when you first meet him but once you get really close with him um you know he starts to talk a lot and 
the other thing that kind of impresses me is you'd never know that he was, you know, Coach Bayheim's son. He doesn't walk around like he is. He's one of the most humble kids that I've ever met for how good of a game he has and for how good of a shooter slash, I mean, he windmilled the other day in open gym, which was kind of crazy from what we had seen in the fall. And his game is just getting better and better and better. And being able to room with him next year and being best friends with him years, it's just a pleasure to, you know, kind of find somebody that's been as passionate about you in the same aspect of basketball because I didn't really have that where I came from. That coming from Brendan Paul. Brendan, before I let you go, I want to do something really quick. It's called Rapid Fire. It gives me an opportunity to ask you a bunch of questions rapidly that have nothing to do with the sport of basketball. For the most part, are you ready to put yourself on the hot seat? I guess so. (laughs) The first thing I'm going to ask you is if there was one song and one song only that they played for you when you came out in the Carrier Dome every single game your entire career at Syracuse, what song would it be and why? It'd probably be Open by Meek Mill um, because it kind of it reminds me of both sides. Like There's like a smooth side to it, and then there's a real upbeat side to it. And before games, I like to listen to uh, more of like a slower type, and then when it gets closer to the game time, I like to get hyped. So it's kind of a mix of both worlds, and I think that's it perfectly. So I'd say that. If anybody could play you in a movie, who would it be? Like any actor? Any actor, yep. I'd probably take Leonardo DiCaprio. All right, why Leo? Um, you know, he's a, he's a smooth guy, got nice hair, and uh, <laughs> he's pretty funny. He knows what he's doing, so I'd probably, yeah, I'd probably take him. Fair enough. What would the name of the movie be called? I honestly don't even know. All right, fair enough. If if you this is a three part question, you could go anywhere in the world. I'm going to throw this one at you. You got to pick the location. You can take one person that you know, only one person that you know, and you can take one celebrity. Where do you go? Who do you take that you know? And what celebrity do you take? I'm probably taking my sister Logan who will also be coming to Syracuse next year for graduate school. Awesome. Um, And then a celebrity. I'd probably have to take LeBron James with me, just because he's from Cleveland, or well, Akron, but from Ohio. And uh, his attitude is hilarious. I think he's one of the funniest dudes that's on uh, social media these days. And we'd probably go to the main views, because I've seen TV, and it looks amazing. So you would probably go where? What was that? It was the Maldives. Okay. It's like really small island, yeah. All right. And you said LeBron James is one of the funniest people on Twitter. What are some of the things that you remember that he says? I just think on Instagram stories when he's dancing in his big van, like pregame, and he's always listening to new new music. Like there was some with Kendrick Lamar. When he was playing the new Kendrick Lamar, he was dancing, and his facial expressions were super funny. And he's always, like, smoking cigars out in, like, the middle of nowhere on some nice tropical island. So, and it'd just be nice to hear me start turning up in Ohio and playing on um, the AAU team that he created. I played for them and stuff like that would be pretty sweet. So you played for the AAU team that was LeBron's creation? Yeah, I played for um, King James Shooting Stars. Played for them in the UIBL my junior year. And uh, he took his name away from the team after that year. 
being a part of the team when his when his name was on it, just what that meant to you and, and just what weight that held for you? Yeah, I mean, knowing that LeBron to be the greatest player of what I think all time and obviously the greatest player to come out of Ohio, it's just like, wow, I'm really playing for LeBron's team. I had all the man's shoes, all the sweatsuits, all that kind of stuff. So he was good to us. We've seen him around a couple of times. I never really talked to him, but he'd be out of games. His, his kids usually would um, be playing at the same tournaments or around the same times, around the same places. So being able to have you know, his name, being Ohio boys, being able to rep that was pretty cool. Now, you said you believe that LeBron James is the GOAT, so I'm going to ask you this. If LeBron James, in your opinion, is the greatest of all time, who's number two and who's number three? I mean, Michael Jordan has to be number two, statistically speaking, in the way that he did it. But uh, Kobe is three for me just because of his mindset and his mental capacity when he was playing the game. He went through a lot of stuff, and um, he was just mentally prepared better than anyone else that I'd ever seen on the court. And listening to uh, his, like, after like his after, like, his retirement interviews, I mean, the way that he put in, the way that he ate, the way that he had to take care of his kids while also playing basketball, working out eight hours a day when he was 18, all that kind of stuff was just pretty crazy. So I'd have to put him third, even if his stats and, you know, Bill Russell's rings and those types of people are above him. I think he has to go three. All right, fair enough. Two fi- two questions here that I have for you to, to wrap up on my end. Mission statement. There's a statement that goes above your head everywhere you walk, Brendan. What does it say? Anybody can see it. It's it's available all day, every day. You walk into a store, it's above you. You go on the, you go to the gym, it's above you. You're in a game, same thing. What does that quote say? Uh, definitely hard work and high energy. Like hard work, high energy. That's, that would be the quote. And my last one for you is three things on your bucket list that you need to do. There's no substitutions to these. These are things that you have to do. What are they? Win a national championship at Syracuse. Um, definitely find a way to keep basketball in my life for the rest of my life. And the third one is if this is a bucket list that isn't always materialistic, I would have to say just be able to live life as happy and as positive as I can until uh, that comes to an end, for sure. All right, fair enough. That coming from Brendan Paul. Brendan, in all fairness, I asked you a bunch of questions here today, so I have this thing that I do that might some people might think is crazy, but I think it's only fair is to flip the script and make me – be the interviewee and you the interviewer. So I just put you on the hot seat. I'm going to let you throw me on the hot seat. You can ask me any question in the world and I have to answer it. Whatever you want to ask me, go ahead. What do you think about the team coming into next year? Not just the recruits, but the overall team. Well, I was one of those people that, you know, saw that in this team as it grew. I mean, this team impressed me. I didn't see them getting as far as they did this year. But what they what they did was impressive. They did it as as a, a true group of brothers. Nobody blamed anybody for anything. Everybody went to work. So, you know, the majority of that team is coming back. So what I see, I see a bunch of hardworking people who are told that they didn't deserve it. 
I know what it's like to be uh, what I like to call the redheaded stepchild. I know what it's like to have people tell you you're not anything, you're not going to be anything, you're not going to amount to anything. So for a team that was told they are nothing, they won't be anything, and they have no business being there, they've already gone above and beyond the call of duty. And I think that this season, if Tyus Battle is to come back, then I think that you know this team is a very dangerous, deep tournament team. If Tyus does not come back, I still think that this team has – a lot to be excited about because there's going to be depth at every position for the most part for the first time in a long time. So my hopes for this team coming up, I mean, I always want to see the guys go out there and do the best they can because I, I get to know each of you over the years. But, you know, if, if I had to say what I think this team could be, I think sky's the limit. And I think if anybody doesn't believe in Syracuse this year, apparently they slept through 2017-18. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. All right, what else you got? Um, last one is thoughts on Darius Baisley going to the G League instead of coming to Syracuse. Well, I can understand that the world we live in today is different. It is. <laughs> I'm 32 years old, and I feel like I'm 82 because things change drastically these days. Uh, I will say that I'm floored by it. I will say that it's it's strange. It's obviously never been done before. I'm a man of my word. So, and this is not to Darius or you know anybody specifically. This is this is a broad statement, but it's a true statement. If you give somebody your word, and in his case, your word and your signature, then you need to know what you're doing. I think you know. I called it on the show, holding a team hostage. Because for the for the better part of a year, Syracuse put their eggs in that basket, locked that up, maybe don't recruit guys as hard because they're focused on Darius and maybe not have, you know, maybe their backup plans end up signing with other schools. So I think the way that it was done, the timing that it was done was poor because the dedication to Syracuse was not reciprocated. And I think to punish a school and punish the other people coming in because you want to make a last minute decision is selfish. I think it's I think it's, you know, I think it's selfish and self-centered to make the decision when he made it. If he had made the decision 4 or 5 months ago, whatever, it's it sucks for Syracuse fans, but you move on. But to make the decision when he made the decision, I think is it's in very poor taste and it it essentially looks like he lied to everybody and and I think that that's hard for people like yourself that were supposed to be his teammates, I think that that's a hard thing to stomach. And if I were him and I made this decision and it came down to the last second, I would have I would have individually called each of you and I would have made it a point to kind of just tell you, hey, I'm sorry, but I got to do what's best for me. I think, I think it still would have been bad, but with a phone call, there's at least a level of respect. Right. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give you one more. That was you're asking me tough ones here, brother. But I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you one more your way. So go ahead, throw one more at me. Favorite place on campus. Favorite place on the Syracuse campus. Yeah. It's got to be the Carrier Dome. Yeah, it's I. I, <laughs> I grew up in Syracuse and born and raised, what ten minutes away from the dome. So. 
I would say it's got to be the Carrier Dome because it's special. You know, there's nothing like it around the country, and it's got a, it's got special meaning. There's a lot of amazing people that came through there. There's a lot of respect that came through there, and I, I don't think that the Dome would mean what it means today if not for the people that filled it. And I'm talking about the fans, and I'm talking about the coaches, and I'm talking about the players. And, you know, I mean, that that's – I mean, I grew up when my dad taking me to games. So, you know, I would definitely have to say it would have to be the Carrier Dome. And, you know, I, I know that uh, fans are fans are excited and, and always hopeful when that thing opens up. But, uh, yeah, there's, there's something about the Carrier Dome – and I've been, you know, I've been blessed to be in, in different places up and down pretty much the entire East Coast and part of the Midwest. And I can tell you with utter certainty that nothing feels like the Carrier Dome when you're inside of it. Right. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I played there um, during the season, like before St. Bonaventure. And then um, I played there earlier, too. And it's just the depth perception is weird. Um, it's just like kind of strange. It's huge. So I got to get used to that. But. <laughs> that coming from Brendan Paul, the fans, the atmosphere, the difference of Syracuse. Brendan is, and I, I got to tell you, this was this was a lot of fun. I appreciate you taking some time with me. Uh, obviously, to the memory of Alex, you know that'll have a place in in my heart. Uh, now that you brought that up, I am I am that type of person. I'm a God fearing man, so I, I definitely hope the best for you know you and and your mission to keep him alive every way that you can. And, and I appreciate you being on the show today, and I hope for the opportunity to have you back on the show again soon. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, man. Take care. Yep, you too. This is a wake-up call. Fast break. Hi, this is Domenico Vitale, owner of Giovanni's Formalwear, where you look great and feel even better with our renowned tailoring and alteration services on any suit or any tuxedo from anywhere. Call 315-455-8729. That's 315-455-8729. Stop in locally on Route 11 in North Syracuse next to the Ponderosa Plaza where you can choose your style, get fitted, and tailored, all at Giovanni's Formal Wear. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. It would be a pity if you don't shop. For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing, with Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your event, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing, proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing.
Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Hope you're all having a great day and enjoying life out there today. And I want to thank Brendan Paul for being a part of the show. I also want to thank him for what he is doing for Alex and that amazing story that he has for somebody who unfortunately passed away way too soon and and obviously will be missed to play every single game every time he steps on the floor. He says it's for Alex. And all for Alex is the hashtag that uh, he has been using, and we use that here this morning as well on our social media. So God bless to each and every one of you, and make sure that <clears throat> that you know how precious life is and that you take the time and you take the moments with the people that you love to let them know that you love them and that when you trip up and you make mistakes and we're not perfect and we sin and, and this, that, and the other, that you do right the next day. You do right the next moment. You don't make the same mistakes. You don't trip up the same way. You don't do the same things. Just be a good person. It was an absolute pleasure and an honor to speak with Brendan Paul, and I hope he gets a scholarship at Syracuse. The sooner the better. And not only that, but I hope that every time that ball is about to maybe roll off the rim or bounce off the backboard too hard, that Alex does a little flip of the hand and it goes in. So God bless to each and every one of you, and thank you so much once again for your story, Brendan, and, and to Alex God bless you in heaven, brother. And I hope that you're with us all the time. And with all your loved ones, including Brendan Paul. So big thanks to Brendan for telling his story and for having some fun and asking me some questions and honoring a friend. And with that being said, we move on in the morning menu here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT to continue the conversation this morning, but to move on to a topic that we didn't really discuss that much at all, and that's because it just came out, and that is the conversation on the dome renovations that are coming our way. So make sure that you're staying tuned and keeping it locked right here for all those Syracuse fans that want to talk about this dome and what does it mean and what can it be. I'm very excited for this opportunity. So big shout out to to the fact that we're actually getting some dome res- renovations. They're supposed to be worth $118 million, billion, no, just a million dollars, a new fixed roof, a vertically hung scoreboard, state-of-the-art sound and lighting systems, improved accessibility and added Wi-Fi capabilities fall to fall 2020. So hindsight 2020, we should have done this a long time ago. That's what I would say. The $118 million investment authorized by Syracuse University's Board of Trustees will give them a new stadium experience for students, faculty, staff, alumni, and fans. There is going to be a $255 million West Campus, West Campus transformation strategy that was announced on May 16, 2016. And here we are in 2018, a year later, and the Dome is getting some renovations. This, it, Chancellor Kent Siverud said, quote, This is a great day for Syracuse University. 
as we take a significant step in advancing the goals contained in our campus framework, a 20-year roadmap designed to align our vision and mission with our physical space, end quote. And we are right inside of the ingredients to success, proudly brought to you by Utica Pizza Company. Utica Pizza Company there for you Monday through Friday during the week, and of course on your weekends, so the work week, the weekends, all the time, Monday through Sunday, find your way to Utica Pizza Company seven days a week on 628 South Main Street in North Syracuse, New York, right by Sweetheart Corners. It is absolutely positively amazing, and the wake-up call number one pick is the Chicken Riggy Pizza. There's Chicken Riggies, and then there's Chicken Riggy Pizza, and it's if you like pizza, which who doesn't, and you like Chicken Riggies, which you'd be crazy not to, and you throw them together and you make a baby, that is what Chicken Riggy, Chicken Riggy Pizza is. And you cannot and should not miss a moment or a slice of the Chicken Riggy Pizza. Get it at Utica Pizza Company. You can order, and they have all the, outside of pizza, they have... Awesome salads, paninis, sandwiches, the meatball sub, the Philly cheesesteak, the Philly cheesesteak with Utica Greens, the Utica Greens by themselves, big old Annie Poss, everything you can think of under the sun, lasagna, this, that, and the other. When it comes to having an Italian home-cooked meal, you can go to Utica Pizza Company and feel like you're sitting at home in your mom's house, your grandma's house, grandpa, your dad, whoever it may be. That's thanks to Phil Russo, Charlie DiGristina, and the entire team with Utica Pizza Company. So big shout-outs to Utica Pizza Company, 628 South Main Street, North Syracuse, New York, right by the Sweetheart Corners, and centrally located, very easy to get to from Syracuse, North Syracuse, Cicero, Liverpool, Clay, Mattydale. Very, very easy to get to, so make sure that you get yourself over to Utica Pizza Company. If you want takeout, carryout, or part, well, that's the same thing. Thank you, Daniel. It's early. <laughs> if you want carryout, delivery, or catering, call 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. And if you want the restaurant to come to your location for a party that you're having, an event that you're doing, or you want them to stop off at your office building, go to It's a Utica Thing. Dot com and check them out there and how you can do that. Now we're having live conversation on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora on the Dome Renovations right inside of this signature segment proudly brought to you by Utica Pizza Company, which we do every single Tuesday to round out the show, which is Ingredients to Success, as I had mentioned before, as they put Ingredients to Success into their menu and into every single item on that menu. So, too... Do we look at the ingredients to success for the Dome to finally get a makeover? Finally get a makeover. This was a long time on top of a long time on top of a long time's time coming to get this thing done. Did the university need to do this? Yes, absolutely. I love how they say we're going to have better Wi-Fi capabilities because the Wi-Fi is atrocious in the Carrier Dome. Try to be somebody who for a living covers any team that's inside the Carrier Dome with the internet that decides to come in and out as it good well pleases, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. The way that the internet is, there's been games where I couldn't use my computer at all. There's games where I could use my computer for half the game, for moments here and there. My phone wouldn't work. I couldn't, I mean, I took the battery out. I took the SIM card out. I'm doing everything. I got a new computer. I got another new computer. It doesn't matter. It's the Dome. So so they want to improve 
all different things about the dome and Wi-Fi, that would be a must. So what it looks like is essentially the carrier dome, they're going to build this thing that almost looks like a roller coaster track that goes around the dome. They're going to build it up and have it wavy around the carrier dome and then make some changes. So, since the university announced Campus Framework 2016, they've had a bunch of initiatives. More than $27 million in accessibility updates, classroom upgrades, learning technology, enhancements, and robust improvements to residence halls. They've also worked on the Barnes Center at the Arch, a new state-of-the-art student-focused health and wellness complex that is a key component of transforming, transforming the West Campus. Can't talk this morning. And the National Veterans Resource Center, which will allow the university to fulfill its promise of being the best place for veterans. They will invest more than $6 million in comprehensive Americans with Disabilities Act-related accessibility upgrades. Among the improvements being made are a new accessible entrance, updating the current elevator to be ADA, ADA compliant, which is Americans with Disabilities. Act. Five ADA electric door operators, the installation of closed captioning software, and the addition of accessible seating as well as other accessibility updates. Yeah, because the thing about the carrier dome, and it's not just people with disabilities, it's in general. My mom doesn't like walking up that, you know? My mom is a healthy, wonderful, beautiful, amazing human being. And she told me, walking, I mean, in order to get to the dome, we all have to climb the mountain. And we all have to climb the mountain. I have to go up flights of stairs. Then I have to go up the incline and then go in my way. And, you know, as the media, we don't have to climb as much. But those those tubes that they take in, you got to you gotta do like this straight, <laughs> this like steep hill incline, go up a tube, go up another tube, turn right, go up that ramp, go around the corner, then maybe have to walk upstairs. It's insane. It's insane that twenty to 30,000 people are willing to do that. And the thing is, no matter how much you love the Carrier Dome or how much you love your Syracuse Orange, as you get older, that gets tiresome. And as you get older, it, it may get more difficult to do. And that's a problem. So they need to do something about that. And that's a must. Because the Dome is on a hill. And it's extremely difficult to get to. Unless you're coming from the back of the Dome, which... The overwhelming majority of people that are there as fans that don't go to school there or work there, it's that's it's not easy to do. So we're looking at the installation of air conditioning, new accessible restrooms, and new concession space. They're expected to be completed by fall of 2022. What I find extremely hysterical is that the Carrier Dome is named after Carrier which is an air conditioning company. But there's no air conditioning in the dome. And I want to look nice and wear a suit, but I don't like wearing pants and a lot of clothes in the dome, so I switch to the polo and the khakis, sometimes the shorts, because it's been 100 degrees in the dome before. I think it was 102 or 105 one time, a couple seasons ago, when we played in August, the end of August. Pete Sala, Vice President and Chief Facilities Officer in the Division of Business, said, quote, Replacing the aging roof is really just the tip of the iceberg. The visitor experience 
will be completely transformed, from the enhanced natural lighting in the facility to the ease at which the scoreboard can be viewed, from the new lighting and sound systems to the added restrooms and concessions, our visitors can expect nothing short of a first-class experience. My team and I are eager to get this project underway, and we look forward to providing our visitors an experience unlike anything they've had on our campus before, end quote. So that is, once again, Pete Sala, Vice President, Chief Facilities Officer in the Division of Business, Finance, and Administrative Services. John Wildhack, the Director of Athletics, said, quote, As the only stadium in the country that is home to five sports, including two women's sports, this transformation is really a game-changer for Syracuse University Athletics. The transformed facility will allow our coaches and athletic staff the tools necessary to continue to attra- continue attracting student-athletes who perform as well in their academics as they do in their respective sports. I'm especially thankful to the univers- that the university will work closely with our department to limit disruption to our home athletic events. Though we're still working through a timeline, we are hopeful that the impact on our teams will be minimal. End quote. Bayheim says, quote, the results of this investment are going to make the Syracuse game experience even better for our fans and our players. The new construction will solidify our home court's reputation as one of the top venues in college basketball. End quote. Dino Babers, head football coach, said, everyone in our program is ecstatic about the university commit- university's commitment to ensuring our student-athletes and fans have the best experience possible while playing and watching sports, one of the most electrifying spaces in college athletics. End quote. Quentin Hillsman, Coach Q, women's basketball for Syracuse, said, quote, the last several seasons, and in particular, our historic run in the national championship game, have been among the most exciting since I began coaching the game of basketball. Our program also continues to get stronger, and this upgraded facility will help our recruiting efforts improve our performance on the court and draw more fans than ever before. End quote. So, again, we're looking at the opportunity of the Carrier Dome having an opening in the center. It almost looks like, you know how I said on the show how we peel back the orange when I when I discuss and decipher and break down a Syracuse game or player or whatever it may be, or a team, then we call it peeling back the orange here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Well, essentially, they're going to be peeling back the dome because the dome is still going to have that white covering, but there's going to be an opening in the center. And see, the thing is, the renderings are always beautiful. It's whether or not they look like the renderings. The renderings for Destiny USA were amazing. It doesn't look anything remotely close to what it was supposed to in the pictures. The pictures were these glass buildings like Lex Luthor would have been in like a Superman movie or something like that. It looks nothing like that. It's a grayish, tannish building that looks nice inside. So the Carrier Dome, the renderings, great. It's whether or not they're going to actually look like the renderings. That's the thing. Because this rendering is pretty beautiful. The center of it is open up to blue skies. So... It's it's nice, and it's pretty, and it's a giant window, but it's still not exactly what I wanted it to be. And what I wanted it to be was, I wanted it to be open. Yeah, Orange Avenger said, renderings look like it's something out of Dubai. I would want, I wanted a retractable roof, okay? No sugar coat, that's what I wanted. I wanted a retractable roof. And 
that's not what's going to happen. So that's kind of a bummer because I think a retractable roof would be great. Open it up for when it's 20 degrees outside and snowing and you're playing Florida State and they got to play you in that weather. Use it to your advantage. Boston College uses it to their advantage. Maryland. You talk about, everyone's like, you can't have an outdoor stadium in Syracuse. You know how much snow they get? You know how cold it gets? Really, bro? Boston College, Maryland, Pittsburgh, Penn State, Notre Dame. Hello? (laughs) They're all outside. All these Northeast, Midwest, Upper Midwest, they're outside. And they use it to their advantage. Syracuse doesn't. So I want a retractable roof. Because I want the ability to be outside, be outside. Not just like a little bit outside. I want them to be outside. But that's not going to happen. We're not going to have that happen. But I will say that opening the dome up and actually getting to see something outside, that's pretty cool. It's pretty interesting. I'm down. I feel it. Peeling back the dome. Like we peel back the orange here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. I'm okay with that. So ingredients to success giving me somewhat of what I wanted, which was outside. But I wanted the elements to affect the game, potentially. And we're not going to get that. So there's no retractable roof. Bummer city. But it's going to be different. It's going to be open. It's going to be exciting. It's, It's something new. And we need new. Because since 1980... We haven't seen much of anything. Well, Dan, they did the video board, the ribbon boards, and they did this and HD and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, 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 yeah. That's fine. That's wonderful. Sweet. So cool. Yay. But it's not what they needed to do. They needed these upgrades, substantial upgrades. And so my biggest two things. Okay, well, I have a few things. I, it shouldn't, I shouldn't say it's two. I have, I have more than two. I have more than two things because in my opinion, the number one thing the dome needs is air conditioning. Okay. Now there's, they're claiming there's going to be air conditioning, but I want to see it. I'm not going to believe it till I see it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Q's. I can't believe it till I see it because that dome is hot. You know, we use it to our advantage because the teams that play us can't breathe. Y'all can't breathe either. It's not like a, some people can breathe and other people can't. It's sticky and it's nasty. It's gross. It's like getting in a sauna with 20,000 people. I don't get in a sauna with three people. So the air conditioning, yeah, that would be a must. That would be a hello, thank you very much. That's my number one. My number two is, is having accessibility to everybody, making it easier to get to the games. Because it is not easy to get to the games right now. Because, and like I said, my mom, my mom is a, she doesn't age, okay? She really doesn't age. She's a young, vibrant, wonderful woman. And she doesn't go to the games because of the walk. You know, you got to think about it like this. If you're sore from working out, that walk is tough. If you injured your leg, that walk is tough. If you hurt your back, that walk is tough. If you're just tired, that walk is tough. As you get older, that walk is tough. That walk is going to be tough. When you're fine and you're in good health, that walk is a pain in the butt. So if I'm Syracuse and they talk about accessibility this and accessibility that, they need to make this more accessible. And it's not just to people in wheelchairs and whatnot. This is an in-general thing. They need to make it accessible to everybody because it's not fun walking up to this thing. 
It is not exciting to walk up to the dome. There's nothing about this that makes me stop and go, yay, this is really cool. This is a lot of fun for everybody. That's why I said I'm amazed. I'm amazed of how many people go to the dome still to this day despite the walk. Because it's not easy. Well, Dan, you can drop people off. Yeah, but that's. Do you, have you seen the traffic around the dome? It's not easy to drop somebody off. It's not just a casual thing. Oh, yeah, just bring some people in. That's cool. Just bring some people in. Drop them off here, drop them off there. Traffic is atrocious at the dome. Okay? Traffic is atrocious. The amount of parking spots is not conducive to the amount of people that want to come to the dome. And those are the things that they have to work on. Because it's not easy. Getting to the dome is not easy. Getting to the dome, getting in the dome, none of that is easy. So we talk about accessibility. And yeah, it's nice to see that the dome has this like window looking thing. And they're going to add this. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. But if I'm anybody who's ever been to the dome, I'm saying... How can you make this more accessible to people with disabilities and people in general? How do you make this easier? Air conditioning, more concessions. Holy sweet mother. How about opening that up a little bit? How about having some big names coming in there? How about that? Enhancing the dome is so much more than saying, you know, we're going we're gonna to put a scoreboard here and do this there. I love the idea. I love the thought process that went into that. I love what they're doing. That they want to have a vertically hung scoreboard right in the center. I mean, this could essentially look like one of the best venues ever created if they do this thing the right way. This could look like one of the best venues you have ever seen in your life, folks. It's just going to take... It's going to take some time. It's going to take some time. And it's going to take a lot of effort... To get this thing rolling and get this thing going right. But we're talking about 2020, 2022 when everything is done, done. But ingredients to success, accessibility for everybody. Better options for people with disabilities. Parking, figuring that out. Air conditioning, better food, better food options. And keeping the price down, that's an ingredient to success too. Keep that price down. Because with all these renovations, if you say, hey, everybody, we're going to give you all these renovations. They're going to be great. You're going to love them. And then you kind of whisper in the corner. You're like, FYI, you're all going to be paying for them. They're going to be great. You're going to love them. You're going to be paying for every single thing that you buy here. Thank you so much. Like that's, people don't want to do that. They don't want to see an uptick in the prices because the prices already aren't cheap. It's not cheap to go to a game. It's not cheap by any stretch of the imagination to go to a game. So, for me, there's a lot of ingredients to success. I think that they're including some of these here. Like I said, they're not giving me my retractable roof, but they're giving me an opening. I love that. Orange Avenger said, Dome Dog's 20 bucks. I think that's being nice. They're probably going to be 35 plus tax. But, and here's the other thing, fans. Put in them butts in them seats. Here's the thing. The Carrier Dome can do whatever they want to do. People will always show up to basketball games. The Carrier Dome can do whatever they want to do. But if you want to pack this baby, almost 50,000 large, 50,000 people, if you want to pack 
the Carrier Dome, that's a, that's a football game, okay? That's a football game, right? They got to win. Because if you do all these upgrades and make this thing, well, first of all, we don't even know if Dino Baber's going to be here in 2020 or 2022. Because Syracuse has been known to hold on to coaches they shouldn't and let go of coaches that they shouldn't. So, I don't know where Dino's going to be in 2020, in 2022, the next four years. I don't know, okay? You don't know. If anybody tells you that they know, they don't know. So, you want to fill this dome. The only way you're going to fill this dome is for a football game. And if you want to fill this dome for a football game, they got to win. It can look pretty. It can look nice. It can be fancy. It can be accessible. It can have air conditioning. But if you don't win football games, nobody wants to buy the tickets. They got to win. They have to win. Because a pretty stadium with subpar effort, not going to happen. And the amount of people transferring out of this program over the last three years, graduates, I want to go somewhere else. 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 People transferring in general. I want to get out of here. I want to get out of here. I want to get out of here. All the DQ players getting qualified somewhere, disqualified here, qualified somewhere else. Got to get out. Got to get out. Got to get out. Syracuse has won some big games. But it falls on deaf ears when you say between Greg Robinson and Dino Babers two years so far that they went to a few bowl games, the pinstripe twice, and the Texas Bowl once, and that was great. But they haven't been to a bowl game in a while. And when you go from Greg Robinson to Dino Babers in this entire history of Greg Robinson to Doug Marone to Scott Schaefer to Dino Babers, the conversation is there's not consistent bowls. They want to go to better bowl games. They're not competing well in the ACC. And on top of all of that, the win over Clemson and the win over Virginia Tech are really nice. But you know what? Those came in seasons where the team won four games out of 12 and didn't have a 13th. So these renovations are wonderful, but you have to win the football games. You have to win the football games. You have to put the talent together to compete and win these football games. Because beautiful arenas are beautiful, but they feel a whole lot better when they're packed, and they feel a whole lot better when people are winning the games. I'm not saying winning is everything. I'm saying that if you want to put butts in the seats, especially if you're going to start charging more, because don't get it twisted, folks. Air conditioning, a hanging scoreboard, a dome that's open and closed at the same time with that giant window, concessions, accessibility, your tickets are going up. Your tickets are going up. I love you. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you because I love you. Your tickets are going up. And you're going to say, well, then we better damn well win. That's what's going to make you want to do it. Because it's not easy to buy the tickets now it's definitely not easy for like basketball and whatnot. And it's definitely not easy to push that and say, okay, now the tickets are going to go up. How do you feel about that? And most people's responses are going to be like Scooby-Doo. It's going <laughs> so, you know, I'm all for the renovations. I just want it to be cost effective to the fans because all these renovations get done and the great unfortunate and the great disconnect is with the fans look at we gave you all this stuff and then fans respond and say yeah and now only 13 percent of us can go so renovations are great making it cost effective for the majority and not the minority is the ever importance so the ingredients to success 
make all these renovations still cost effective to the fans, give them great packages and opportunities, provide them great food. For the love of God, give them air conditioning. Put this dome open at least somewhat if you're not going to give me a retractable roof and make it as accessible as possible to people that are in good health. Not just people with disabilities, but everybody. Because it is a hike to get to the Carrier Dome. And when it snows, I am... Let me tell you something. Syracuse fans, you are too... You are... Syracuse fans are some of the most dedicated people in the entire universe. Because I'm driving through a snowstorm where I'm sliding down the street and y'all go 20 large at the dome. 20,000 people in a snowstorm. Y'all are cool sleeping in the dome as long as you get there. (laughs) That takes love. And Syracuse, I'm proud you're my city. We'll take a step aside and wrap the show up in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Unica Pizza Company spells family. Your family. My family. Their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu. We'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens, they're the best. Utica Pizza Company. Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Gear up with the real deal at Dreisig Apparel. Creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. To look professional, look good, and feel good, outfit yourself at DreisigApparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315 315- 487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Hi, 
Hi, this is Kira from Looking Glass Events, where we're always giving you a reason to celebrate. Whether you have a small business, large business, personal event, or wedding, we are available to plan and coordinate your dream event to life. Every detail, every step, Looking Glass Events is working with you all the way. Call us at 315-702-4653. That's 315-702-4653. Or contact us through our website, lgweddingsandevents.com. Looking Glass Events giving you a reason to celebrate. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Thank you so much to Utica Pizza Company for the ingredients to success every single Tuesday to round out the show. This time around, talking about the ingredients to success, in my opinion, of the dome upgrades. But folks, it's a long time coming, and if all works out and it looks like the renderings are even better, then we are in for a treat here in central and upstate New York. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show and being a part of the broadcast. I love you, and I thank you so much for being a part of the broadcast every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We'll be here tomorrow, Wednesday, May 16th, with an awesome conversation with a with a central and upstate New York based player that somehow was not recruited by Syracuse after Mike Hopkins left and went to Washington. Frankie Policelli, almost 20 offers all over the country. He's going to the Dayton Flyers and he is from New Hartford, New York, right there by the New Hartford Shopping Center where the fourth wall is, which is a great comic book and collectible place, great pop vinyl and all different awesome things, action figures and whatnot. We proudly work with them with Super Powered Pop on superpoweredpop.com and superpoweredpop.podbean.com. So check us out there, and you can hear their commercials and testimonial in our shows. New Hartford, New York, right in our backyard, Frankie Policelli. He's going to do great things in college, I believe, great things for the Dayton Flyers, Could have done great things for Syracuse, but they didn't recruit him after Mike Hopkins went to Washington. Sad. Sad. Because this guy is a catch, and I cannot wait to tell his story in a continuation because he's been on the show plenty of times. We're going to have a lot of fun tomorrow. So listen in for Frankie Policelli and so much more here where sports meets life. God bless you. Have a great day. Find us on Twitter at CallDT, Facebook at Wake Up Call DT, Instagram, at Wake Up Call underscore DT, and buy your tickets to the greatest festival that's ever come to Syracuse, New York. Folks, we are going to have players from every decade of Bayheim as well as Syracuse football players. You need to buy your tickets to the CNY Pop Festival. We'll also have entertainers from TV and movies. We'll have kid-centric events and so much more. Food trucks are coming. Vendors from all different walks of life here in local, central, and upstate New York. You don't want to miss this event, and you can't afford to miss this event, and it's very affordable to make this event. CNYPopFestival.com. Your pre-sale tickets are 15 for adults, 10 for children, 5 and under are free, and your VIPs are only 30 bucks. Buy your tickets now. CNYPopFestival.com. Get on it, folks, and God bless. Thank you so much, and shout out, over this past weekend, we hired... One of our interns here, Zach Bowden. Zach, I want to show you some love. Big shout out to the amazing work that you've done in just three days. We appreciate it, Zach. Thank you from the Dan Satora Broadcast Media family. And we'll talk with you tomorrow morning.